Hello, everybody, and welcome to this uh, little series that I am personally doing. This is Maddie of the 666 Podcast. Um, this is a little project I will be doing. As you previously saw, I did Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, uh, chapters 1 through 4, and I did All the Young Dudes by Miss king bean uh 87 on ao3 year one book one technically uh this is to help with my fluency and help me reading out loud i do get into some weird topics maybe at the end of some of these episodes i might delve into asmr or get very political either way it is just a time for me to just talk get things off my mind after reading some weird stories um if there's anything you want me to personally read please dm me on instagram at nct once us dead just say your name just like tell me what you want, want me to read i'll try and find it and i'll try and read it for you anyways please enjoy this episode hello and welcome back to my reading i'm so sorry um (laughs) we by we i do mean me have been in college like so i've had coursework and a lot of free time and i know i promised i'm gonna get back to reading like all the young dudes and everything but seeing as it is the month of october and i do have tales of mystery and terror by edgar Allan poe Um, let's read some Edgar Allan Poe. I think, I don't know how long these stories are, but I think I might tell two. So the first one is quite famous. It is called The Telltale Heart. Well, The Telltale Heart. Mad. Mad. That's what they call me. It's true I am nervous, very dreadfully nervous, but why do they say I am mad? That fever I had last year, it just sharpened my senses, not destroyed them. Above all, my sense of hearing became the sharpest of all my senses. I heard things in heaven and on earth. I even heard many things in hell. How then am I mad? Listen, you will see how calmly I can tell you the whole story. It is impossible to say how the idea first came to me, but once it entered my brain, it haunted me day and night. There was a really, there was really no reason for the deed I had, for the deed I had in mind, a murder. I loved the old man. I rented lodgings in his home. He had never wronged me. He had never insulted me. Yes, he had gold, but I had no desire for it. I think it was his eye. Yes, it was his eye that disturbed me. You see, one of his eyes was normal, but the other resembled the eye of a vulture. It was a pale blue with a film over it. Whenever his eye looked at me, it made my blood run cold. And so, very gradually, after much thought, I made up my mind. I would kill the old man, and then I would be rid of the eye forever. You do think I am mad, but madmen are not disorganized. They cannot plan anything. Oh, wait. 
<laughs> but madmen are disorganized. They cannot plan anything. But you should have seen me. You should have seen how wisely and carefully I plotted and planned every step. And you should have seen how cunning, cunningly I went to work. Never was I kinder to the old man than during the whole week before I killed him. Every night about midnight, I turned the latch on of his door and opened it. Oh, so gently. And then, when it was opened just wide enough for my head to fit in, I reached a dark lantern into the room. The lantern was all closed, closed so that no light shone out. Then I thrust in my head. I moved very, I moved slowly, very, very slowly, so that I would not disturb the old man's sleep. It took me an hour to place my whole head far enough upon, far enough inside the doorway to see him as he lay upon the, his bed. Ha! Would a madman have been so careful? Then, when my head was well into the room, I opened the lantern cautiously. I opened it so cautiously that the on that only a single thin ray of light fell upon the vulture eye. Just a single ray. <laughs> and I did this for seven long nights. Every night, just at midnight. But every night, I found the eye closed. So it was impossible to do my work. For you see, it was not the old man who angered me, but his evil eye. And every morning for seven mornings, when the day broke, I went boldly into the room and spoke to him. I called him by name in a hearty voice and asked how he had spent the night. You see, he would have been a very suspicious old man indeed if he had imagined that every night, just at twelve, I had looked in upon him while he slept. On the eighth night, I was even more cautious than usual in opening the door. The minute hand of a, the minute hand of a watch moves quick, uh, more quickly than my hand did. Not until that night did I feel the extent of my own power. To think that there I was, opening the door, little by little, and he did not even dream of my secret deeds or thoughts. I could scarcely contain my feeling of triumph. I laughed to myself at the idea. Perhaps he heard me, for he moved on the bed suddenly, as if something startled him. Now you may think that I drew back. Back. But no, his room was completely black, in total darkness, for he always kept the shutters closed out of fear of robbers. I knew that he could not see the opening of the door, so I kept pushing it slowly, steadily inward. Finally, I had my head in. I was just about to open the lantern when my thumb slipped upon the tin fastening. The old man sprang up in the bed. Who's there? he cried out. I kept quite still and said nothing. For another, for a whole hour, I did not move a muscle. Yet in all that time, I did not hear him lay down. He was still sitting up, up in bed listening, just as I had been doing night after night, listening to the death watches in the wall. Those tiny beetles who beat their heads against the woodwork 
and make ticking noises. These ticking noises are said to predict death. How right those predictions would be this time. So I heard a slight groan. I could tell it was not a groan of pain or grief. Oh no. I knew it was the groan of mortal terror. It was low muff it was the low muffled sound that comes from the bottom of a man's soul. I knew the sound well. Many a night, just at midnight, when all the world slept, that very same groan came up within my own soul, deepening the terrors that I felt. I say I knew that sound well. I knew that old man was I knew what that old man was feeling. I pitied him, although I laughed again to myself. I knew that he had been sitting there awake ever since the first slight noise, when he had sat up in when he had sat up in his bed. His fears had been growing upon him ever since. He must have been trying to imagine them away, but he could not. He must have been saying to himself, It is nothing but the wind in the chimney, or it is only a mouse crossing the floor, or it is merely a cricket which has made a single chirp. Yes, he was trying to reassure himself with these comforting ideas, but they were all in vain, all in vain, because death, with his black shadow before him, was approaching, and it was the it was that shadow of death that caused the old man to fear, although he neither saw nor heard to feel the pre presence of my head within his room. I waited a long time, very patiently, without hearing him lie down, so I decided to open one of the slits in the lantern just a little. little. You cannot imagine how silently, how stealthily I opened it until a single dim ray of light came out of the opening and fell upon his eye, his vulture eye. The eye was open, wide, wide open. I grew furious as I gazed upon it. I saw it, saw it distinctly, distinctly, all a dull blue with a hideous veil over it. It chilled the very marrow in my bones. I could not see nothing. I could see nothing else of the old man's face or body, because I had directed the lantern's ray precisely upon the vulture eye. I have said before that what people mistake for madness is really the exceptional sharpness of my senses, and now my senses of hearing was at its sharpest. There came to my ears a low, dull, quick sound, a sound that might come from a watch that is wrapped in cotton. I knew that sound well, too. It was the beating of the old man's heart. That beating increased my fury, just as the beating of the drum increases the courage of a soldier. But still, I remained motionless, scarcely breathing. I held the lantern without moving. I tried to see how steadily I could keep the ray shining upon the vulture eye. Meanwhile, the hellish beating of the old man's heart increased. Every instant it grew quicker and quicker, louder and louder. The old man's terror must have been extreme. 
The beating grew louder. I say louder at every moment. And now, at the dead hour of the night, amid the dreadful silence of that old house, this strange noise excited me to uncontrollable terror. I have said before that I am nervous. So I am. Yet for some minutes longer, I stood quite still, but the beating grew louder, louder. I thought the old man's heart would surely burst, and now a new terror seized me. Would the sound grow so loud to be heard by a neighbor? Without delaying another moment, I made the decision. The old man's hour had come. With a loud yell, I threw open all the slits of the lantern and leaped into the room. He shrieked once, only once. It was in an instant. I pulled him to the floor and dragged him to the heavy, dragged the heavy mattress over him. I then smiled joy, joyously, for the deed was done. But for many minutes, the heart beat on, the heart beat on with a muffled sound. The heart beat on with a muffled sound. This, however, did not bother me. I knew it would be, it would not be heard through the wall. Finally, the beating stopped. The old man was dead. I moved the mattress away and examined the corpse. Yes, he was stone, stone dead. I placed my head upon his heart and held it there for many minutes. There was no beat. He was certainly stone dead. His eyes would trouble me no more. If you are still thinking that I am mad, you will not think so any more. Not when I describe the wise precautions I took to conceal the body. I pried up three planks from the floor of the room and placed the corpse under the boards in space in the space between the floor and the lower story of the house. Then I replaced the floorboards carefully so that no human eye, not even his, could have detected anything wrong. I put the mattress back on the bed and made the bed to appear as if no one had slept in it. The night was nearly over and I worked hastily but in silence. By the time I was done, it was four o'clock, but still dark as midnight. As the church bell sounded the, the hour, there came a knocking at the street door. With a light heart, I went down to open it. For what had I for what had I now to fear? Three men stood there. They introduced themselves with great politeness as police officers. A shriek was heard by a neighbor during the night, one of them explained. This neighbor suspected foul play and had to come to the police office. We were sent to search the building. I smiled at them, for what had I to fear? Come in, come in. I welcomed the officer. The shriek? Oh dear, I'm sorry. Anyone, I'm sorry anyone was disturbed. That was myself. A dream, you know, nightmare. All right now. Thus talking, I led my visitors through the house. The old man, away, you know, gone to rest in the country for a few days. But come and see for yourselves. I took my visitors all over the house. I told them to search. Search well. Finally, 
I led them to his room. I showed them his tre I showed them his treasures secure and undisturbed. Full of confidence. Oh. Secure and undisturbed. Full of confidence, I brought chairs into the this room and told the officers to rest here after their labor. I myself was feeling so so bold because of my perfect triumph that I placed my own seat upon the spot, the very spot on the floor under which rested the old man's corpse. I was amazingly at ease. The police officers were satisfied. My manner had so convinced them of my story that they sat and chatted of familiar things, and I answered cheerily. But after a while, I began to wish they would go. My head ached, and I thought I heard a ringing noise in my ears. Still they stayed and chatted. The ringing in my ears continued and became more distant. To get rid of the ringing, I talked more freely. But the ringing continued and got louder and louder. Until, at last, I realized that the noise was not in my ears. What could I do? I grew very pale, but I talked... I grew very pale, but I talked even more freely and in a louder voice. Yet the sound increased. It was a low, low dull, quick sound. A sound that might have come from a watch that is wrapped in cotton. I gasped for breath. For breath. And yet, it seemed, the officers heard nothing. I talked more quickly, more loudly, but the noise, noise increased steadily. I stood up and argued about an unimportant mat matter, argued in a high-pitched voice and with violent gestures, but the noise steadily increased. Why wouldn't those officers leave? I paced the floor to and fro with heavy strides, pretending to be excited to a fury by the unimportant matter. We had been discussed by the unimportant matter we had been discussing, but the noise grew steadily increased. Oh, God, what could I do? I foamed, I raved, I swore, I picked up the chair upon which I had been sitting and swung it about so that it grated upon the floorboards, but the noise of the chair grating upon the floorboards was drowned out by the other noise. It continually increased, it grew louder, 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 <laughs> and still the men chatted pleasantly, and still the men smiled. Was it possible they heard nothing? Almighty God, no. No, they heard, they suspected, they knew. They were making mockery of my horror. What is, that is what I thought at the time, and that is what I still think today. But oh, my agony, anything would be better than this agony. Anything would be easier to bear than their mockery. I couldn't stand their mocking smiles any longer. I felt that I had to scream or die, and now the noise came again. Listen. Louder, louder, louder. 
Villains, I shrieked at the police officers. Do not pretend to make me any... Don't... Do not pretend to me any longer. Do not mock me any more. I admit anything. Everything. Tear up the... Tear up the planks. Here. Here. It is the beating of the hideous heart. That was the Telltale Heart. And there is the cast of Amontillado. Amontillado. I remember reading this. I don't think I'm going to read this because that word's too difficult for me to pronounce. I forgot how long that story was. Um, I think that might be the only one I'm going to read today. Because. Yeah, that's all. Anyways, I hope you enjoyed that. Um, I'm going to try and read more. Ho- not horror stories. More like short terror stories. Mystery stories. Like that. Um, throughout October. I'm not going to promise anything. But it is something I'm going to try and do. Um, anyways, I hope you have had a great night, day, whatever, wherever you are, and remember to be kind, and I'm sorry that this episode's, like, 20 minutes long, but, yeah. Bye!